Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Let's have all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Welcome to You Love to Scream It, Ben Bites Movie Rewatch Podcast, where we talk about horror. But the real horror is governments, corporations, and hackers stealing your unencrypted data. I'm just kidding. We don't have a sponsorship <laughs> from a VPN yet, but um, Not yet. get at us. <laughs> Not I'm yet, Eric Kay, <laughs> and uh, we could, we could. Uh, the voices that you are hearing on, uh, on this one, we've got John Warren, editor at large of Fanbyte. Hi, this is my first stream it. Thanks Whoa. for having me. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Longtime listener, first time caller, John Warren. Uh, we have a longtime caller, Danielle Riendo. I've never hung up, and the phone call is coming from inside the house. Ooh, spooky. Mm-hmm. And we've got a uh, recurring caller, LB Hunktears. What's up? Hi, I don't have a scary thing. That's okay. <gasps> They took the good ones, so... um, I I was thinking about doing, like, a what's up, but I'm like, I don't have the energy for that. Like in Scary Movie. Like in Scary Movie, yeah. Yeah. Well, um... (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Merit! That's my birthday present to you, is Uh, that that just little treat for your ears. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, So this week, we are talking about The Frighteners, a 1996 comedy horror film directed by Peter Jackson and co-written with Fran Walsh, starring Michael J. Fox, Trini Alvarado, Peter Dobson, John Astin, D. Wallace Stone, Jeffrey Combs, R. Lee Ermey, and Jake Busey. Hell yeah. The Frighteners <laughs> tells the story of Frank Bannister, played by Michael J. Fox, an architect who practices necromancy according to the Wikipedia <laughs> description, which I feel like is not real. He's more That's of a, a medium yeah. than yeah. a necromancer. Yeah, it's not necromancy. He's not bringing people know. back from the no. dead. He is communicating no. with already dead people. And stuffing um, them in trunks. That's and putting them doing. in the trunk of his car. The ghost <laughs> physics in this movie are sort of all over the place, but he is able <laughs> yeah. to hear, see, and communicate with ghosts after his wife is murdered. So, wow. Okay, this movie I had seen once before as a child, and it scared the fucking shit out of me. (laughs) And I think there are two reasons for that. One is that the Grim Reaper figure, um, the the ghost effects with like the the scary ghost parts are are pretty scary if you're a child. But also... Jake Busey is just like a scary looking man. Yeah. And I think I was very scared of Jake Busey as a he's child. He's got a very scary. Well, when he wants to, he can when have he a very scary When he wants to be. Face. I'm not. Yeah. No, yeah. he's good at having a scary expression. Yes. What is your all's experience with Frighteners? Um, I, after I rewatched this uh, this week, I, I realized that. I thought I had seen this movie many times, but what I had actually seen is the last hour of this movie about a thousand times. Uh And then like, (laughs) I don't really remember much about the first uh, like 40 minutes of this movie at all. Um, But I I saw this like, I guess not long after it came out on TV, maybe Mm -hmm. like on HBO. And my mom and I watched it like every single time it was on. I just I like I really liked this movie when it came out and I remember it fondly. And like to for me, it mostly holds up. Um, so, yeah, I, I I've seen this movie a bunch. I this was my first time actually watching it at all. Yeah. I 
And the funny thing is, I made the connection sort of midway through that this was like basically the follow up to Heavenly Creatures for Peter Jackson, <laughs> which right. makes a certain kind of sense if you've seen Heavenly Creatures, uh, which is a uh, it's about a real story of a real really kind of horrific crime and also about homophobia in the 50s in New Zealand uh, that has some like really bizarre elements and some CG and some murder and a whole bunch of other kind of stuff going on. And also Peter Jackson's, especially at the time, like mid 90s sense of humor, which is all over this. It's all over it. So yeah. <laughs> I, it made a lot of sense once I like made that connection. But this was my first time with it. And uh, minus like a couple of things, I really had fun uh, watching this, discovering it for the first time, not even rediscovering it, but discovering this delightful fucking oddity of cinematic history. Yeah. I did not know this movie existed uh, <laughs> really? and agreed to watch it, not knowing what it was, and then uh, had a wonderful treat. Yeah. yeah. A good surprise. Uh, yeah. I also am like a much more familiar with, uh, like I watched, I was very into Dead Alive when sure. I was yeah, sure. uh, like 14, yeah. uh, because that is a movie made for 14 year olds. <laughs> um <laughs> And also, like, I owned Heavenly Creatures on, I think, probably VHS. Um, Perfect. Because that was very much a vibe I was into, again, as a 14-year-old. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm very down with uh, Peter Jackson's 90s sense of humor because it is 14-year-old me, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was just, like, a very... I actually watched this at nighttime. I usually watch these movies like in the morning. I did it right. I watched it at night. I like dimmed the lights. I had a yeah. stuffed animal. I was not <laughs> scared, but like I, I kind of tried to hype myself up to be in that child mindset. Yeah, and it was this was really fun. Yeah. Can I just say Michael J. Fox is del like delightful. I I don't yeah. like I just every single. I don't know. Like there was just a period where he just wasn't in a whole lot. He was in Spin City and not in a ton of movies, and there, there are reasons for that. But um, yeah. he had he had been diagnosed with Parkinson's five years prior to this, so like I think he kind of slowed down already. Sure. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I'm, I'm just like man. I he is just one of those actors that like mostly makes whatever he does uh, a lot better than it. It otherwise would have been so he's so likable and his character yeah. is kind of a fucking shithead yeah like sure. it, but he's just such a likable presence and person that he's mm -hmm. he does yeah it. he's yeah. like <laughs> i mean his whole thing in this movie is just he's like this weird little boy like <laughs> in like a trench coat <laughs> and uh, I mean, he is five four, so there's yeah, that. he's small. Uh, he's like a small man, um, but he's like just this little rascal. <laughs> like he's literally a little rascal. He <laughs> is. And like, yeah. I gotta say, like the shtick of this movie, um, it's like one of my favorite premises um, for like a ghost movie, and for it's like very similar to the premise actually of Dragonheart. I don't know if any of y'all remember oh that. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Dragonheart is a movie in which, um, I believe it's Dennis Quaid. It is Dennis Quaid. Is a knight who teams up with a dragon voiced by Sean Connery. <laughs> and they pull oh this exact th same thing of like the dragon will go and like terrorize a town. And then he appears and like pretends to kill it. And the dragon's like, Oh, you have slain me. You've slain me. And then they basically <laughs> just like bilk the town out of money. But like, that's the, like where we start the movie, like how we meet uh, Michael J. Fox's character is like he, his business is that like, yes, ghosts are real. Um, and he is like, bills himself as like a ghost hunter kind of person, but he only, he basically like has his ghost <laughs> friends go and like fuck up someone's house so that he can then go and get paid. Or in this case, uh, settle the debt that he has for running over someone's fence. Yes. Uh, because he <laughs> cannot drive. A lawn. Yeah. He cannot drive. He ruptured the he ruptured lawn. ruptured my lawn. <laughs> and he went over the gnome who has a very special name. I don't remember the gnome's name. It was like Bruxby or something. Ridiculous. Yeah, it did have a name. It was a good name. Bonzo. Um, oh, yeah, that's Bonzo. right. Because he gets Bonzo. a little grave. The writing of this movie is one of my favorite things just because it has the disease of everyone calls 
um, Michael J. Fox's character by his last name, even if they've only known him <laughs> mm-hmm. for about like two seconds. Bannister! Like yeah. they've known uh-huh. him forever. It's very, very funny to me. Um, yeah, I I love the ghost grift. Um, he does this. I, I have no sense of how often he does it because it's only about $250 a pop plus materials. Right. Uh, he broke it down. So I'm like... <laughs> Okay, I guess the architecture job isn't going that well, so you gotta gotta do this grift a few times a week. Um, That's right. He's an architect who yeah. lives in a drafty, like one quarter finished house it's on a this hill. Weird, like gothic <laughs> thing of like, yeah, he's living in this like decrepit house on the hill with literal ghosts. This is ghost bros. Uh, this like unfinished house. It's like a modern Poe thing. It's very weird. Yeah, um, and his ghost friends include like a nerdy guy. Uh, like, 70s, like, dude with an afro, and, like, the judge, who was Gomez Adams in the original yeah. Adams family, he's, whose he's jaw John, keeps falling off. John Astin, yeah. Yeah, it's John yeah. Astin. It's wild. And, uh, so, Chai McBride is, uh, is the 70s ghost. Yes, it's the gentleman. 70s ghost. 70s, 70s ghost. His name yeah. is Cyrus, but uh, you may know him from his role as Emerson Codd on Pushing Daisies. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Or Stephen Harper, the principal in Boston Public. Yeah. Oh, um, shit. But he has had a pretty big TV career. He's been in a few movies. And then Jim Fife is Stewart, who is like the 50s nerd. <laughs> and um, he actually has not had a huge acting career, but... He uh, he was a producer and might still be a producer on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Now. Oh, I think he still is. Did, yeah. did y'all ever see, I think, uh, Danielle, you might be the only person kind of old enough to have seen this when it was airing. <laughs> sure. Um, but there was a, it was actually an HBO series, but I think it also maybe appeared on PBS. It was called Encyclopedia. And it was like, yeah, it was like, it had Betty, the weird acapella band, as like its house music, and then just a bunch of really random New York like playwrights as the oh actors. My God, I and vaguely G- remember and, this, and, and definitely Fife, on PBS. And Jim yeah. Fife was one of them, so that's actually how I knew oh him God. when I saw this movie. I was like, "Oh my God, that's the guy from Encyclopedia." Um, also on Encyclopedia, just to say is uh, David Sterry, who is a writer who has written about um, the sex work he did over like two decades or something in Hollywood. So it's wow. just a really weird huh. TV show when I you like go look back and look at like- sound- Also, apparently there was like a drag performer in this too. Yeah, yeah. That's it's, a Eichenberger. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, playwright and and yes, a, a drag performer. Um, yeah, Encyclopedia was a wild show. Um, uh, one more thing before we get back to Frighteners, yeah. Jim Fife was also in Red Dead Revolver. Oh my God! <laughs> what? He played three characters That's in Red amazing. Dead Revolver. I didn't see that. That's amazing. <laughs> He's in a couple of X Files episodes. It sounds like yeah. too. So he, he's he's, he's had done some things. Career. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. done some things. Yeah, uh, but um, this might be his his biggest claim to fame. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Can it, um, real quick, can I read something about the uh, the production of this film that made Please. me laugh very hard? Okay. <clears throat> Jackson decided to film The Frighteners entirely in New Zealand. Not surprising. Zemeckis and Universal agreed on the condition that Jackson made New Zealand look similar to the Midwest in the United States. And, like, <laughs> that movie in no fucking way looks like the Midwestern United States. I it thought it was like supposed to be coastal, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, like, it just looks like California or something. Yeah. They all have yeah. California license plates. They oh, all have yeah. California license plates, but it's, it is supposed to be set in the Midwest and it it was supposed to look like it, it was in the Midwest but it just looks like you're right the Pacific Northwest or like at best but it just looks like New Zealand it looks like New Zealand me. yeah yeah it's, it's, it's incredible like, it's New Zealand it's sure. so funny to me and of course uh Peter Jackson does make a hilarious cameo which I was very thrilled with myself uh mm-hmm. for for getting right but it's the guy that uh of course that uh, Michael J Fox's character runs into he's like the goth man just very yeah, cute. he's like a funny punk Peter Jackson. Punk, punk Peter Jackson. Cool yeah. piercings. Um. Cool nineties piercing guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, speaking of nineties characters, um, yeah. so basically, yeah, we have the whole thing with uh, where he sort of cons 
Ray Linsky and Lucy into <laughs> uh, not even paying him. Like he's basically just like, oh, uh, forget that I destroyed your fence because I can't drive if if I fix your ghost problem. And then there's this like quintessential '90s character who is like this posh like newspaper. I love her. <laughs> editor, British uh, newspaper Magda. named Magda uh-huh. Reese Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Who is just trying, who is covering like these mysterious deaths that have been happening in the town. Um, and like people just dying of, of their hearts exploding, basically. And um, that's Elizabeth Hawthorne, yeah. who is uh, in uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. And was Hera. In Young Hercules. Oh my which god. Was the, the Ryan Gosling Ow. Hercules show. Oh good. Uh, that's incredible. I love I'm was I'm obsessed with the performance of her like little writer reporter guy. Yeah. Who's just like Miss Reese Jones. I, I like one I mean, I'm sorry, one of the worst acting performances I've ever seen in my life. Just yeah. the way he delivers uh Miss Reese Jones, like about every single thing that she hates about his article i just love that like (laughs) it appears that nothing happens in this town except for the mysterious deaths of like 38 people or whatever (laughs) um of heart of of mysterious heart conditions of which the doctors in this town don't seem to be overly like concerned about it's just it's it's more of like a oh wow this is weird but the doctors are just like you know making house calls and I don't know. I th- this this movie has New Zealand vibe written all over it, not just in the location, but just yeah. like I don't know, like the sleepiness of of I think everything is kind of what I associate with a lot of those um, towns. It's just really I don't know. Well, it's really I've funny. heard it described as Ghostbusters plus Twin Peaks, which mm. I don't think is is totally far off. I think right. it's more Beetlejuice plus Twin Peaks. To it's be got honest, some, it's yeah. got some Beetlejuice in it. It's got too, some yeah. Beetlejuice for sure. Um, but yeah, we learned that there's like these deaths happening and uh, Ray is, soon dies and uh, Frank strikes up this uh, kind of like budding romance with his wife, Lucy. Uh, initially, he's trying to like sort of help Ray communicate with her. And then he finds <laughs> out that Ray kind of sucks and like lost all of her money and like their marriage wasn't great. And he's just like, oh, Ray left. <laughs> and, like. Because only he can see him. Cock the ghost. Cock the ghost. He's gonna cock the ghost. And uh, we we get this thing of he starts seeing these numbers on people's heads, starting with thirteen on. I think it starts with thirteen on Ray, right? Or is it higher than that? Mm -mm, It's thirty-seven. Oh, right. It's much higher because he's thirteen was on Frank's wife's head. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. Um, And. he he's doesn't really like know what this is all about. And uh, then he encounters Magda Reese Jones, like at a museum. Like, Oh God. Uh-huh. Yeah. The night at the museum yeah. sequence yeah. here has yeah. <laughs> so that's, much that's going on. Zany, that's got some zaniness to it. Oh. The sleepy town has a, uh, Egyptian antiquities exhibit at their sleepy town museum. It's oh. very Lovecraft of them to do that. Yeah. And uh, we should we should also mention I think by this point we've been introduced to uh, Jeffrey Coombs's character, which I, I know John you you had some thoughts here, and I know you have limited time. Did you want to like oh I talk just, about I, him before the night at the museum? Sure. Well, just real quick, I I just think his appearance after a bunch of the shit jumps off, um, he comes in to basically like handle the case, and he's a uh, like a FBI guy that used to be undercover with Colts and stuff. Um, and he delivers a monologue um, oh, about just kind of the history of Frank Bannister that mm-hmm. I, I would probably watch every day if yeah. I, if, like I, I just like, I knew, I knew it was great, but I hadn't seen it in a long time. And it, it is just captivating how deranged this character is and he just gets hung up on his own story just putting things mm-hmm. together as he's explaining it and he just he stops he's just like on september 3rd i mean on july 3rd 7 3 
10. And he just starts like trailing <laughs> off in this like extremely, extremely good way. And Trini Alvarado, who plays, um, uh, who plays Lucy, uh, she's like fine in this movie, but she, d- she does her best work opposite of, of uh, Jeffrey Coombs. Yes. Because like, she, I mean, he has a thing where he can't be yelled at by women. <laughs> he has a, he has a like, big mood, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, you know, he has this visceral vomitous reaction to being yelled at uh, by women. And of course, Lucy just yells at him because he's a fucking lunatic. And, <laughs> and like, and like, she just does her best work and Coop says his best work. And it's uh, his introduction. And then other scenes later in the God. film are like, I, I mean, up there with like some of my favorite scenes in this kind of movie. Um, yeah. I just, well, yeah, I he can't be in the room with with her when she's <laughs> yelling, and so he's delivering this monologue from like peeking around the doorway. <laughs> it's incredible, and like I re- within like a few minutes of seeing him on screen, I had totally forgotten that he was in this movie because I only yeah. really became a connoisseur of his work in the last few years. Mm. With um, he did a lot of collaborations with Stuart Gordon. Yeah. Uh, who R.I.P. Um, passed yeah. away earlier this year. Um, but so, like, he's in Reanimator, he's in From Beyond, and he's just, like, incredible in all those movies. And I think, actually, uh, the reason he's in this movie was because um, Peter Jackson was, like, a fan of those. But he's doing, like, a... He's almost... Do- his performance reminds me of... Uh, Jim Carrey as Robotnik in the song. Yeah. Obviously, like that's that came much after, so I'm kind of wondering if Jim right. Carrey studied this. But he has this rubber-faced Jim Carrey quality to him yeah. in this movie. That like normally he's like a lot more reserved. He's not quite as like his face doesn't warp as much. <laughs> and in this movie, it's all over the place. <laughs> like his face is trying to escape the confines of his head. Also, he has that weird Hitler haircut. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's like uh, Nazi and has these leather gloves on all it's the time. Weird. Yeah, it's yeah. just incredible. It's just like makes the whole movie here. Yeah. It's it's very good. Yeah, truly. LB, are okay. you a are you a? So I have a pitch Jeffrey for you. Combs all. Fan? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Combs, every movie. Yep. No. Okay. Put him in yeah. every movie. Okay. Yeah. That was my takeaway from this. I like was delighted by this. I'm a big Reanimator fan. Yeah. Uh, also, he's been like. A hundred different Star Trek characters. I mm-hmm. I was just gonna say I'm watching Enterprise <laughs> right now and have watched all of the other things and every he's played more than seven or more than nine <laughs> Star Trek characters of which there's like an elite club of actors. There's only like there are fewer than ten actors who have played more than seven roles in Star Trek history and he's one of them, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. He was Wayun. Yeah, he's like and one of my favorite characters in Star Trek. Truly, truly and great. Yeah, Quark's like enemy who wants yeah. him dead. And in that episode where Quark decides he was thought he was going to die and he wanted to be in a bunch of discs, he ordered every disc. Like it's like a very it's very good. Anyway. Yeah. Um yeah. So he just basically takes the entire movie and just like stuffs it into his mouth and it's just like he, he <laughs> ate the whole movie and it's there's yeah. there's there's like there's a AJ and and no there's uh, uh there's BJ and AJ there's before Jeff and after Jeff <laughs> it's just like like before Jeff it's like you know pretty good pretty good movie it's pretty wacky and then after after Jeffrey Coombs shows up it's just like oh my god this is I, I will know, say good I I do like Troy Evans in this movie as well as like the small town sheriff who like knows Frank Bannister and is kind of like reverential towards him almost. And like basically is like, Oh, he's a good kid. And, uh, is just like a normal man. (laughs) This guy comes in. (laughs) Jeffrey comes, his character comes in and is is just like, this is mine. This investigation is mine now. And, uh, just totally transforms the whole movie. Troy Evans, a great supporting actor, you know, um, great character all actor. kinds it's of stuff teen wolf things. ace ventura demolition yeah. man oh my god yeah. fear and loathing yeah black dahlia yeah all kinds of stuff um, oh jeffrey Coombs's name in this is milton dammers by the way milton. I, that oh was my god that's that. such a good name he's, um like what kills me about this character is that he's what fox Mulder would actually be like yes <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. just all like, scarred up and like just fucked up 
completely nuts, constantly rambling, afraid to like, you like delivering monologues around a corner. Uh, <laughs> afraid of a hot woman doctor, you know? Afraid like, of being yelled yeah. at. To like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm covered in scars. I'm so like, you know, I've been through it all and going undercover, but like terrified of being lightly scolded by a pleasant lady doctor. Yeah. <laughs> um, very trigger happy. And also like the thing with the Hitler haircut was that, I think when I was skimming things about this movie, I saw they said it was like on purpose. They were like, no, he should have a Hitler haircut because of nationalism. Oh, wow. Unreal. Which I like. Such, such yeah. a choice. I mean, yeah. all, Nazis also into weird cult stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. True. Yep. Uh, um, kind of, I he does have like a Gestapo kind of vibe to him. He yeah. does. Totally. Yeah. Um, I got a dip. Uh, this was fun. I'm glad y'all like this movie. Uh, yeah. I will listen to the episode later. Thanks for having me, everyone. Yeah. Thanks, thanks John. Here, John. Bye. Thanks, sorry, John. I have to. Sorry, I have to leave. Uh, every okay. listener at home. I'm so sorry. It's very. Aww. It's very bad. Anyway. Uh, bye. Well, John will remain here in spirit as yep. a ghost, which <laughs> is what happens when you die in this. The canon of this movie: when you die, you turn into a ghost, and a big tunnel opens up to heaven. Um, but some people don't go into it, but then if they stick around for a year, then another tunnel opens up and they can become a pure spirit. Uh, so we also <laughs> have this kind of like background information happening in the movie as well about like, there was this mass murderer, uh, Jake Busey, who killed a bunch of people. And we sort of learned that like, oh, um, I mean, it's pretty obvious from the, from the jump. Yeah, uh, Frank yeah. Bannister doesn't learn until a while in that the Grim Reaper that he sees that's killing people is Jake Busey's character, and he's killing from beyond the grave to increase his body count, his his score. Yeah. Um, Which he's very, um, he's a gamer. It's something I definitely sort he is of a gamer. decided, because yeah. he talks about his high score every yeah. time he makes a kill. So he's like the ultimate expression of gamer from beyond right. the grave. Wow. Yeah. I really uh, like how him as the Grim Reaper, like the Grim, this is a scampering Grim Reaper. Yeah. <laughs> like often I feel like the Grim Reaper we see portrayed as like a floaty, ethereal, like slow, inevitable, scary thing. Whereas this Grim Reaper literally scampers on all fours, jumping yeah. around yeah. like rooftop to rooftop. Uh, it comes out of the wallpaper with very squishy uh, CGI. Yeah, that really... part was pretty freaky and cool. I I think that is maybe the only CGI that um, looks like, oh, that looks really cool versus it looks like really fun to us now as cheesy 90s CGI. Like that part, the right. face, I well, don't know. There's something about the faces and even, wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> I think even the ghosts at the time, a lot of people didn't care for them. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah. I think a lot of critics thought that it was kind of jarring. A little cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's fair. very like I'm at Disneyland. It's the Haunted Mansion. I'm inside it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's fun. Like this, I found this it very jaw's fun. coming off. And hey, <laughs> is it uh, uh, is it necrophilia if it's a ghost so, and a corpse? So yeah, I definitely do want to return to this <laughs> this scene because I have some. So when some John Austin as a judge yeah. with his face falling off has sex with a mummy, which <laughs> is canonically like. Not a person anymore. It's just like an object. It's just yeah. a corpse because it's just a mummy. The, the ghost presumably is in heaven or hell or wherever ancient Egyptian ghosts go. Yeah. Um, but isn't in the mummy. And and John Aston is like, oh, I'm attracted to that mummy. He he definitely has a line. Mummy. Yeah. He he approaches the mummy uh, where he you know says you know that she's so hot and then he goes. You'll see why they call me the hanging judge. And then proceeds Oof. to go to, to her a, corpse. And there uh, is a shot of his ass, his we ghost ass. We do get ass. a visual gag of his ghost ass going up and down out of the sarcophagus. <laughs> it's As wild. if to suggest in a PG-13 way. Was this movie PG-13 or was it R? It, could, it had to have been R. If there's, a, there's a lot of stuff. Of mummy. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here. Let's see. What was it? What was it rated? If this uh, is rated PG thirteen, I will be. Yeah, uh, we yeah, I think it. Oh yeah, it did get an R. He was trying to do a PG thirteen movie, but there was too Should much. Should have left out the ghost death. fucking. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, mild. Sex and nudity, mild. A ghost has sex with a mummy in a coffin in a museum, mostly off screen. Parentheses, we see a little ghostly movement. <laughs> John Aston's ghost ass. <laughs> a little ghostly movement. Oh my gosh. It ghostly is such a deranged. Like, it's a lot. I don't know. There's like a very, 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 very minor, like, it's, I wouldn't call it a subplot. It's just like a thing with the judge where he's introduced and he like says he does his ecto. Don't tell the other boys, but my ectoplasm's his all ectoplasm's dried up. ectoplasm's dried up. And then he like, yeah. He can't come. He yeah. has like, yeah. and then he, uh, when he sh- like, he comes in and saves the day uh, from Grim Reaper Jake Busey and by shooting him with his ghost guns and then goes, I'm not shooting blanks anymore. God. <laughs> what? This Impotence is so- jokes. Yeah. Then, yeah, impotence jokes. And then he's like so aroused. Right. By his, it's just such a fucking so, so weird. It's totally so dissonant. Yeah. Bizarre thing that I thought was very like I, I really liked most of it. He does have a very actually creepy line though about like I like it when they lie still like that. Oh, that was like it's so cursed. So we've got a necrophilia joke alongside the like hanging judge and the not shooting blanks. And it's just like it's like they went for every flavor of ghost sex joke here. And the only one that I thought was actually a poor taste was that one. The rest of them were, were fine. I was I thought the ghostly movement was pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. That shot was amusing to me as a 14-year-old boy. Uh but yeah, like Yeah. Um, there's like a this whole museum sequence is very uh well we have that. And then we also have a lot of action here because this is when Magda gets kidnapped uh, and uh, when the police are actually trying to accost Bannister. And and so a lot of things are kind of coming to a head here in the, the, the kind of museum, Night at the Museum segment, if you will, of this, uh, of this, this movie. This Keystone Cops destruction of <laughs> like priceless antiquities, yeah. commentary on uh, trigger happy police, like, it's just the what? levels of cursedness and slapstick comedy and like actual in like all on top of an like something that feels like a genuine indictment of like American police. Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't it's also not the first like there's a there's a joke early on uh, about I think I think it's like there's like an LAPD like cop shooting like like just a dig in the first like very early on that in like I a wish newspaper wasn't still or relevant. something maybe oh uh, it's uh chai mcbride says like if i wanted to get shot at i'd move to la and i'm like holy oh, shit right right right, right. yeah 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. Um, yeah yeah so like there's again very cursed levels of <laughs> uh of humor on top of like Genuine. But I'm at least reading as a sin- like sincere statements that I agree with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, just a, a wild fucking ride again <laughs> to have through all this, and and then again in this slapstick Keystone Cops ass like shooting up a bunch of sarcophaguses scene. Oh yeah, no, the museum is destroyed. It's gone. The museum now. is like absolutely <laughs> destroyed. Like the priceless sarcophagi, everything is is done. It's over. Yeah. Yep. Museum's out of business. And the Grim Reaper is now in, like, full swing, I suppose, at this point. I guess he's been in full swing for a while. Uh, because, of course, as we learned throughout the movie, that there is a, a living person involved in the Grim Reaper's uh, success, I guess? His kill count, perhaps, if nothing else? Uh, that part is slightly less clear. <laughs> but, yeah, there's uh, a lot going on with that. So... At this point, Michael J. Fox basically kidnaps Magda, right? And he takes, he's trying to save because her. Because he sees mm-hmm. a number. He yeah. knows that she is going to be targeted next. Yeah, she's next. Uh, and she does get killed by the Grim Reaper. And as she is being pulled into the hole, the whirlpool hole to either heaven or hell or wherever else, she she uses that time to yell at him and blame him for the death, which is a, a very... Uh, fun thing for that character. I have do. so much respect for a character that is just like a personified Bob. 
Like she's got that '90s bob. Her name is Magda. She has a hyphenated last name, and that's her entire character. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was really struck by that and just moved. Yeah, strong editor in chief. You know, truly, yeah. <laughs> she's truly mean, a journalist. If you really want to, if you really want to be a strong editor in chief, <laughs> what you need is a bob. Yeah, a vague accent, and to spend take your last moment on this earthly plane yeah. to scold someone. Yeah. That's what I've been missing. I gotta, I gotta work on those things, I think. Oh, God. Yeah, you need to yell at us more. Oh, clearly. That's, that's what I'm missing in my life. But I don't have the stern British accent. Maybe well, I don't... You know? Yeah. Well, vague. It wasn't that. like a super strong British accent, but it was like there, which is also very funny because who the fuck? Like, there, I, okay. I've spent a little bit of time in the Midwest, but I did not encounter anyone with a British accent in the Midwest of the United States. So I am sure that happens, but she's so what? That was prob- she's from New Zealand, so that was probably her just trying to do like a fancy. Yeah, gotcha. Fancy American. Yeah. A fancy American Or pretentious American. Like, maybe she's, like, her character is an American who's just put on an accent, you know? Oh, I've, yes, that's, that's a real thing. Yep, that's Mm. real. It is. That's true. Sometimes you you meet somebody, you talk to them, you don't see them for a while, see them again a year later, they have a whole new accent. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd that come from? (laughs) It's true. Or you can reclaim your old accent kind of thing. Like, you eradicated it, and then you're like, no, I'm proud to be from New England. On some level, not with our sports teams, but more for our character of honest people who are nice, who are salty. Lobsters. Who eat lobsters. Love those. You know? Uh, Sorry, we're getting away from the movie here. Um, (laughs) After the uh, Magda's untimely death, uh, we do have... I guess we get a little bit more of the the burgeoning romance between the, between uh, Michael J. Fox's character and uh, Doctor Lucy. Um, Lucy goes out and finds some more clues, and she also does go to his house at some point uh, and kind of see how he lives and and things like that, which is somewhat interesting. There aren't a lot, I feel like, of quiet moments in this movie, but this is one of them. Is this? When trying to remember what happens at the house, the, the thing is that the main thing I remember from the house is the flashback where they have a where uh, Michael J. Fox and his now dead wife have a basketball argument. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Right in the flashback scene when uh, where he's like in a suit, day drinking with long, with long hair. hair, with long hair. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's 1990. And in 1990, you have long hair, you day drink, you wear a suit. And when your wife says she wants a garden, you say, okay, I'll take that under advisement. And then you fill in the garden with cement so you can have your own one guy basketball half court. What? A and then you fight. Move. And then that's mm-hmm. the reason your wife is dead. It's like not even a, it's like a basketball cube. Like it's like. <laughs> It is. It's so small. There's like not even enough space to do a layup. It's like (laughs) just really weird. It's like a really weird little the basketball like shame zone. (laughs) The basketball isolation chamber. (laughs) I really like the basketball shame cube zone. Mm -hmm. It's just it's where you go for time out when you've been bad. And this is of course. Think about what you've done. Yeah, no, no, please. This is it is where you should think about what you've done, Um, and it's relayed by, of course, Jeffrey Coombs's character, who has gotten more and more unhinged as time kind of goes on. Here, wait, is that part of his monologue? Like the initial monologue, or is that a later? Uh. I don't remember if it's a later thing or what, but he's explaining like Frank's backstory. Oh no, you're right. That is, yeah, it's right there. It's after because I, I have it. I have my excitement about it right after. Is that Herbert West? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my dumbass notes. Oh, I love it. Oh, actually, can I just circle back Please. to one other thing that I forgot to mention yeah. about the cooking the ghost dinner? Mm-hmm. Is that they go to a medieval themed restaurant? Oh my God. Medieval times, except it's not medieval Which times at all because it's just fucking a restaurant. bananas. Can you imagine burying your himbo husband? <laughs> Uh-huh. Go and then going out to dinner to a medieval restaurant with valet 
with a cute little con man and supposedly your himbo ghost husband Just all in the same day you know what she's saying yes she's saying yes to things like yes i will yeah. <laughs> she's really in her eat pray love phase oh, oh my god <laughs> but it's like it's stuff like that that we're like there are these weird little deranged choices yeah that like those like that's the Peter Jackson weird 90s sense of humor that like really speaks to me. It's like that you picked that you were like, no, this is going to be a medieval themed restaurant and that does not get commented upon. And it doesn't really. <laughs> and and just, a man dies in the there. toilet at the medieval yeah. times, which is, is actually I think that's the first time that Michael J. Fox's character sees the Grim Reaper in like yeah. in the act. Basically at, coming out of the mirror at medieval times in the men's room. <laughs> Yeah. It happens. Uh, We've all been there. Yeah. It's, it's rough. I've actually it's, never been to medieval times. Neither have I, actually. It's pretty cool. I've been like a lot of times. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, my roommate used to go for his birthday every year. That, yeah. So uh went yeah. a few times for that. Yeah. It's really good. I've been to a Ren Fair, but not a medieval times. Never been to either. <gasps> when uh, When all this is over, I think... Nikki, John, and I are going to check it out. Oh, my God. I might fly out just for that. Yeah. Apparently, you can't get you can't get autographs, though, uh, until COVID is over. Wait. So you can't get autographs from the right now? Yes. Oh, boy. Well, yeah. I would personally not go. Yeah. Medieval yeah. times right now. I think that's fair. But uh, sorry for that very, very long detour back to basketball and uh, the medieval era. Um yeah, it was a tuner into Wico for more information on how Medieval Times is operating during the pandemic. Thank you, producer Jordan, uh, giving us uh, some further information <laughs> there on, on what's going on with that. Uh, but we're we're kind of in the last third of the movie here because uh, at this point uh, we have Jeffrey Coombs becoming increasingly deranged. We have Michael J. Fox uh, trapped, in fact, imprisoned. Uh, for suspected murder. Uh, and he even has like a moment of like, have I done this myself? Am I crazy? Am I losing my mind? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a lot. And Lucy has indeed also kind of talked to uh, Patricia, I think is the name of the woman yes. who is stuck in the house. Uh, and we, we've seen a few things happening there with the, the woman who's stuck in the house and her mother with the Dracula haircut. Uh, so a lot of pieces are starting to really kind of come together here as we barrel towards the end. And uh, do we want to talk about any specific scenes here or or go more towards the uh, the explosive ending? <laughs> I just love um, Patricia. <laughs> yeah, Patricia. Patricia. So like the, the twist there is that like she's meant to have been like the... Um, the girlfriend of Jake Busey's mass murderer character who was like uh, let off kind of easy because she was a minor 15 and, yeah. and was sort of like talked into it or whatever um, of course then it turns out that she is very much enthusiastic about doing murders <laughs> and um, has been communicating with and is like able to see Jake Busey's ghost the whole time and so then she teams up with him to try to kill the doctor and uh, they trap him in his so the the rules of ghosts in this movie are kind of confusing you can apparently yeah. trap a ghost in its own ashes in an in its urn mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they briefly do trap his ghost that way and they're going to take it to consecrated grounds to uh, send him to hell basically at the old chapel. They're like, oh, um, we need to find a church. I know. Let's go to the old hospital <laughs> and find the chapel in there. Instead of yeah, just where like, the big mass murder took place. Going yeah. to a fucking church. Like, <laughs> sure. Okay, fine. Um, of course, uh, Dahmer's is there and he uh releases the ashes. We skipped over the part where uh, Michael J. Fox is about to kill himself so that he can stop the Grim Reaper. Yeah, there's uh, a whole oh, ghost yeah. out of body because, experience here. Uh, yeah. She helps him break out of jail and then yeah. he has a gun and is like, there's only one way to protect you and is like about to blow his head off Yeah, um, so that he can become a ghost and fight the ghost. 
And then she's like, wait, I have a better plan. I'm going to give you a bunch of barbiturates and put you in a freezer. (laughs) And that way you'll be almost dead and you'll be able to become a ghost and fight him. And uh, he does sort of successfully fight the ghost with the help of Arlie Ermey. Oh my God, yes. Who is just doing the full metal jacket thing. Um, He's just, yeah, that character is just a character in this because, movie. But that, dead. Yeah, that character is a, is dead in this movie and he like is sort of like reigns over the graveyard. That that ghost tries to kill the Grim Reaper. Uh, we hadn't mentioned how the Grim Reaper is able to kill other ghosts. Yeah, it's fucked up. Like he just like crushes their spirit oh, yeah. ball energy or whatever and sends them to heaven. That um, part was a lot. It. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah it's, the it's ghost weird. physics in this were a little confusing. It's a little confusing. He kills d- ghosts who are sort of already dead. Um, he does kill Arlie Ermey, but then Michael J. Fox takes <laughs> the ghost <laughs> rifle, like assault rifles, <laughs> and like <laughs> blows the Grim Reaper to hell, and then learns the truth that oh yeah, it's it's actually just Jake. Busey. Figuratively, blows him to hell. Yeah, right? No, it- he it just blo- he, he like shoots his body Rex up and he's shit. just like a yeah. weird little slime head yeah, and he's slime about to face. kill him I love that slime face yeah. he's about to kill him with his scythe which is apparently sort of somehow what like lets him kill ghosts and uh but then he's pulled back to his body because he's he runs out of time yeah you can't be brain dead for too long Damn. uh or you can't you can't have your heart stop for, for too long because it's extremely bad for you. You have about four minutes before brain damage. Actually, yeah, he's out for twenty. Yeah, I think is that good? No, is, is that I safe? That's, I don't it's think his heart great. has stopped. I think it's just it's just real slow. Slow down a lot. It's like implied that like yeah, if you are very unconscious, you become a ghost. Sure. Which yeah, is that how that works? Yeah, I don't think that's how that works. Danielle, as a medical professional, if you are just like <laughs> really unconscious, that's kind you of like being dead. Become a ghost. Like, yeah, okay. I mean, you know, that's like why we say, like, oh no, don't ghost me, because that means you'll become super unconscious and it's really hard oh. to, you know, revive that person. Shit. So don't ghost your EMT ever. You know, it scares us, it makes us feel bad. So yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Jordan just said, can confirm. Yeah. Um, I actually really like this whole zany ass sort of like turn of events. Well, because I guess partially because Lucy is a doctor and like at at one point she has met, uh, you know, Patricia very early on in the film. But she's just kind of a, a person who's wrapped up in a bunch of bullshit until she actually has like this good idea to like make him near death and have a near death experience. So he ghosts up the place kind of thing. So I actually thought this was a super fun sequence. And also the ghost effects, I really genuinely did like them. Like the normal ghosts, maybe not the Grim Reaper ghost, but the uh, other ghosts look kind of cool to me in a very fun 90s way. So the sequence was super fun. Um, And of course he's revived and then feels great right away, which is hilarious to me. Uh, mm. <laughs> like he just like shocks back to his body and he's like basically fine he's cold but you know he he tells uh, Lucy like what to do like oh blah 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 uh, you need to you need to follow these instructions so we can all survive and live to die another day uh, which then sends us barreling towards the end of the movie and the asylum sequence which I don't know where they shot this but it looks great like the production design in the asylum was extremely cool i thought in the hot uh, yeah in the abandoned well, it, was, it was supposed to be hospital. an abandoned like psychiatric hospital i but, thought it was yeah. just a regular it's, it's a psychiatric hospital not a regular see this is these are the important things that i <laughs> miss and need to confer with you all about <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, okay. it's just they have um you have michael j fox like because he's in the, maybe because he like just did an out of body thing, he's like even more in touch with the ghostly shit. So he like keeps slipping into like the ghost of the event. Of yeah, the, like, he sees the 60s yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. Which is really cool. And like, again, a very silly, campy movie. <laughs> uh, very real 
uh, shit about like mass shootings and yeah, yeah, the, uh, yes. a place like places holding trauma where I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is deep. This is intense. I'm digging this. And it's like, it is though Michael J. Fox, like in a goofy movie, but I still am like being deep about it while I'm watching it. Uh, because like, I don't know. There's all this zaniness in it, but when he, they have him slipping back to like witness the like Jake Busey getting his first kills, there's a very human element, yeah, of it to me. And and there is like an element too of of kind of bullying as well. It's obviously very secondary, but the doctor is screaming at Jake Busey's character, orderly this and orderly that, and telling him, like, all these awful things. And there's, like, a moment of, like, oh, are we doing, like, a bullying and and shootings kind of thing here? And then, of course, it snaps right back to being the goofiest movie you've ever seen in your life. But it does have these touches that I agree with you, LB. I do think there's, like, a little bit of weight here and a little bit of, like... I was also hmm. really high when I watched this. Confession. Oh, that's fine. I, but, I feel like that's the right choice to make, okay. honestly, for this cool. movie. <laughs> but but yeah, there are these touches, right? There are these touches of like, I yeah, mean, we're all it, having fun here. But don't forget, kids, cops are bad and murder shootings is, are bad. Mass murder is very, very, very bad. Guns are and bad. It's sad because yeah. they are <laughs> real people and they are dead. And yeah, it, it, it may seem fun to be incredibly horny for murder just astonishingly horny for murder uh jake yeah. busey and patricia whose actress's name i forgot but she's been in like a million things uh yeah. they are so horny for murder yeah they really are are, are getting off to the and killing it's not it's bad so don't do that don't do ever. that friends don't do it but yeah i like thought the sequence was great um they have it's lucy and what's what's michael j fox's Bannister. Bannister, Bannister. I think it's Frank Lucy. Bannister, right? Frank, Frank Bannister yeah. and Lucy Linsky uh, are on the run. From Linsky Patricia. was a uh, because of Melanie Linsky. Yeah, does have a, 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 right. a bit part in this movie, and also is yeah. of course the uh, uh, one of the leads in Heavenly Creatures. The two stars of this movie, yeah, Jeffrey Combs and Melanie Linsky. Yeah, in my heart. Yep, I mean honestly. <laughs> But, yeah, so they're, like, on the, they've got Dammers after them, and they've got Patricia after them. They both have big guns, and uh, they're just trying to get these fucking ashes into this blocked-off chapel so that Jake Busey can go to hell. Yep. And but it's it a really good sequence. But it doesn't work. It because doesn't Because Dammers has a hard-on for pain, and he gets in the way. And he, of course, I mean, he didn't even need a heel turn. He's been a, a fucking weirdo the whole time. So this was not shocking, but it is like, oh, no, another twist. Uh, so eventually, uh, Bannister needs to find a way to sort of do a bait and switch with death. Uh, this part is pretty clever and pretty wild. Again, we're getting back to the ghost physics, so I don't want to like belabor too much of this but he basically uh, is able to kind of kill patricia and create her tunnel or is it his tunnel well he no he like sort of tunnel okay wait so first of all patricia shoots uh dammers and explodes his head like his head explodes and then is replaced with a ghost head like immediately that's a great shot like his head is so it implies that there is a ghost inside of you at all times that like when the part (laughs) of you is blown off then that part becomes a ghost (laughs) unclear but it's almost like i don't know if he even kills her he just like somehow rips her ghost out of her body so what happens is she kills him or at least chokes him out to unconsciousness. Yes. yes to the yes. point because her uh, shotgun's out of ammo because she used her last uh, shell on Dammers. Yep. So she's just choking out poor Frank Bannister, um, who already had a near death collapses. Experience. Yeah. <laughs> Today <laughs> he hops out of his little body, um, grabs, and then her and his like little tunnel to heaven shows up. Right, it's his really tunnel. Okay. Reaches yeah. in, reaches into Patricia, grabs her ghost, <laughs> grabs Jake Busey, and just like runs. Well, he's like, "Oh, I got your girlfriend. I'm gonna take her up to heaven." Oh, okay. Later, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and then there's like that whole weird scene in the tunnel, the heaven tunnel. He gets to say hi to his wife. 
He says hi to his dead ghost friends who tell him it's not time yet. So he gets to go back to Earth. Uh, and of course, <laughs> Jake Busey and Patricia <laughs> go to a vision of hell that I would well, call Hellraiser-esque, perhaps. The tunnel, yeah, it's like the tunnel turns into a giant worm. And yeah. then uh, just Which worms. is itself full of tentacles. Which yep. is full of worms and stuff, yeah. And they're just kind of going through their eye sockets and stuff. And it's real gruesome. That's <laughs> good. Uh, I mean, they're ghosts, so it's not like there's blood or anything. But uh, And then the ghost they're just goes back down to it. hell. Yeah. Or not the ghost, the worm. The giant worm like dives back down to hell. It's very <laughs> weird. Very cool, though. Yeah, it looks kind of rad. I, I sort of like this part. It's also very, like... Oh, you were bad. Time to go to hell. Like a very, uh, you know, fun Hollywood convention there. But yeah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Michael J. Fox's character, Frank Bannister. I don't know why I keep saying all of those words together, but I do. <laughs> he uh, somehow survives everything that's happened. So it's not his time. And then he gets to live happily with Lucy. And they get to, like, have a nice life together. And, uh... Think she get rid of the ghost now too. House. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they destroy the house yeah. sim- to symbolically separate him from his past. Yeah. Also, his wife pretty much explicitly tells him to go back down to Earth and fuck. Hey, go yeah. bang that. Yeah, go bang that. Go doctor. bang that doctor. It's go cool. live. You know. Uh, yeah, Lucy can see ghosts now, and that for some reason, Dahmer's is hanging around the cops now, and just like hanging around in the cop car. <laughs> just glowering at them like that's sort of <laughs> how he's chosen to spend his guy. ghost life yeah. yeah i mean that's like fair the crypto fascist wants Dower to hang around the cops face. you know yeah uh what a again, fucking he's movie. just he's yeah. too dedicated to his identity as law enforcement he's that he'd be on like law enforcement facebook and call it ellie uh, he almost certainly would yeah he would <laughs> it's like incredible it's such like even down down to that last like weird glower out the cop car window, it is a perfect performance. Yeah. Um, and then can I just like the sheer joy of the way this ended? Yeah. Of the reveal that Lucy can see ghosts, her putting a picnic blanket over her head, chasing Michael J. Fox around <laughs> like she's the Grim Reaper now, and then a cover of "Don't Fear the Reaper." like kicks in and then you go to the credits and I'm like, I have my arms in the air and I'm squealing (laughs) with delight. (laughs) It's just like a very high moment of cheerfulness for me. Even though you should like just a pro tip as somebody who lives next to a construction zone that is taking a very long time uh, to build. uh, Probably the worst place to have a picnic is right next to a building getting demolished. Yeah, that that's just a, a tip from me to you, listener. Like, <laughs> not everything you see in the movies is something that you can do in, or should do in real life. And I mean, everything else in this movie, realistic. <laughs> yeah. I like think you should ba- do basically none of the things in this movie. Uh, <laughs> there's, yeah. But mm, I wouldn't say especially not this because there's murder. Um, Michael J. Fox is a terrible driver. Is a comedically bad driver. Yeah. yeah. Again, is a very strange choice. For a character whose canonical tragic backstory is a car accident, to have him be a slapstick, funny, bad driver constantly getting into accidents. Yeah, that's that Gallows humor right there. Yeah, Yeah. it's like a totally very, like, odd, but weirdly charming to me, because I am a sick person (laughs) choice. Sure, yeah. So don't do that either. But if you do, I do think that if, like, your garden gnome gets run over... And you really are dedicated, like, love that garden gnome that you should bury that garden gnome and give it a little tombstone because that's really cute. That that was really cute. LB, I did want to ask you specifically yes. if you had feelings about himbo representation uh, in this movie. Because I did. <sighs> I did a little bit. So, I mean, the thing is, okay, I used the word himbo, but Ray is not an actual himbo. Um, because to be a himbo, you need to be, you need to be three things. Mm-hmm. You need to be swole. Mm-hmm. You need to be dumb mm-hmm. and you need to be kind. Yeah. Ray's the first two. He is not mm. the third. It's not kind. It's true. It's not kind. To be a himbo, you must be kind. Yeah. Um, and he isn't. 
So I think that there isn't any himbo representation because yeah. there are no characters that have those three qualities. What, do you, what were your thoughts? Dana? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing because okay. he's an asshole. You can't be a himbo if you're an asshole. That's something else. That's like a himbass. I don't know. You're Chad. I think that makes you a You're Chad. You're just a Chad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, and he who <laughs> does himself get cucked. Yup. Now that's a statement. There it is. You know, I started calling him a himbo because I really liked that how into kitschy stuff he was. And so I assumed he would be kind because he likes stupid plaster statues. (laughs) And again, that that reflects poorly on me. And I'm sorry for calling him a himbo when he isn't one. That's okay. You know, we all make mistakes. And and maybe if he were just a little bit nicer, he could have gone to himbo heaven. Do we know that he went to himbo hell? Maybe he was himbo. Maybe he was reincarnated and gets a second chance. Oh, that'd be nice. Where he he can... You know, knock out all three. You go on your rowing machine, have your really weird hobbies, and be nice. Be nice to your wife. Don't run off with her money. Go on your emotional rowing machine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (sighs) Well, this movie definitely put me on an emotional rowing machine. uh, And in a good way, I think. I really enjoyed it. Um, Again, some choices, perhaps, (laughs) could have. Could have been different, but otherwise I, I truly enjoyed my time with this movie. And I really liked, uh, I don't know, it's rare that a movie, <sighs> I laugh a lot in my life, but it's rare that, like, their laughter, it's laughter of, like, surprise, really? And this movie did surprise me with several visual choices, uh, and I was grateful for that, for sure. For me, it was fun to revisit a movie that, really uh <laughs> frightened me oh as a child and uh now i'm able to enjoy and so that's i feel like is really uh symbolic or emblematic is the word i'm looking for of <laughs> the arc that i've had with horror movies and this isn't a particularly yeah. frightening movie uh, it's like more of a comedy i would say than a horror movie although the tone yeah. is kind of weird at it's times all over it is, place. It is yeah. all over the place. <laughs> Much like Michael J. Fox's character, it's all over the road. Uh, um, oh! But uh, yeah, it was cool to revisit this and be like, oh, wow, I really enjoyed this and had a good time with it as opposed to when I was a kid and was just very scared. So, yeah. That warms my It was my, a very good way to start off heart. October. Yeah. What a good time for Scream It. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I I think this is is like a very good, like, I want to watch like a kind of weird, funny, spooky thing that's not actually scary. That's not going to like, like if you're a horror, I don't want to say baby, because that's like really patronizing. And I'm not a patronizing, yeah, I'm I'm a pretty patronizing (laughs) person. Um, If you don't like being scared, but you like, you know scary ghosty vibes this is a good uh october treat for yeah. you our, yeah our producer jordan is saying like a novice like a horror novice a novice yeah. thank you jordan yeah <sighs> also yeah also babies and ghosts can talk in this movie they can oh my god Sorry, we forgot, forgot about that, about that. we very did important it, to yes. mention that yeah there's just it just the fact that this movie is so full of these bizarre little pieces of lore That was great. And that was, apparently, that was um, one of Peter Jackson's children was in that scene, in the the baby's hangout with (laughs) uh, ghosts scene. And they, like, they chill together and they're happy together. So That's beautiful. Fun family outing for everyone, truly. (laughs) Ah, really good shit. Um, let's see. Merritt, did you want to do the the cool outro? Do you want us to read this cool outro? Um, what do we, what's the, we're done the podcast. And <laughs> um, yeah, thanks. I'm going to take a stab at it. And uh, yeah. is it, maybe it's like in a document, but I. I yeah, no, I'll, I even, I have a, oh wait, I see a ghostly apparition appearing of a link. <laughs> That's it. It's a ghostly oh. link appearing oh. before my eyes. <laughs> I see. All right. Well, I'm communing with the spirit. 
And they're telling me (laughs) that that's all for this week. Uh, We hope you enjoyed your spooky cinematic journey with us. Um, Please rate and review our podcast. We we would really love it. It would mean a lot to us if you could do that. As a birthday gift to me, please rate and review our podcast. Uh, Go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts to listen to all of our shows. Follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, TikTok at Fanbyte, and go to fanbyte.com for all of our other stuff. And you can watch our streams at twitch.tv slash fanbyte. Thank you to our producer, Jordan Mallory, for behind-the-scenes work producing the show. And go to fanbyte.casa to join our Discord, to hang out, chat, play games with other people. It's a cool, great happening place. Yeah. Um, spooky. It's spooky how much fun you'll have. Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> terrible, terrible. Uh, where can people find you guys online? LB, you want to go first? Yes, uh, you can find me on Twitter, at HunkTears. And uh, that's the only place you can find me online. And you can't find me in real life. <laughs> I'm decided to be elusive from now on. Ooh. Oh, you could also actually follow me on Letterboxd that I'm trying to use more often. Oh, oh my god, um, yes. Which I'm also hung tears on. Amazing. Uh, I am at Danielle R.I. on Twitter if you want to hear all my thoughts about a million scary movies. Because I'm doing Shocktober, which means we'll be doing a lot of extra screamits like this one that you're listening to right now for, for this month. And also... I'll probably be watching a horror movie every day. Uh, sometimes more than one. We'll see. Nice. We'll see how that You're goes. You're doing that? You're doing that That. That challenge? for. I might not month? get one every day because my life is f- fucking bananas. But It's hard to do, but it's I'll fun. watch a lot. Let's just put it that way. I'll watch a lot. And I am going to have uh, a list of my 20 favorite horror movies of all time up on finalgirl.com. That's a, that's a collab we're doing with finalgirl.com. So cool. a lot of spooky shit happening. Yeah, I am at Merrick K on Twitter, and I'm also at Merrick K, not at, just just dot com slash Merrick K on Letterboxd <laughs> as well, uh, which I've been using more lately. I'm trying to just write something about every movie I watch, even if it's just a quote. Um, yeah. Jordan is uh, Lil Jordo on Letterboxd. So uh, if you want to come see my great opinions um, about <laughs> how... Uh, Joker is the worst movie I've ever seen, <laughs> um, which a stranger objected to greatly when I posted that. So shocked. Good website. Um, yeah, go go check that out. I recently rewatched New Rose Hotel. Yeah, uh, I'm on a bit of an Abel Ferreira kick right now. I also saw King of New York. So um, nice. All right, well, I think that's it. So until next week, you love to scream. Bye.